Welcome to the Make That Money Honey podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Joe, and each week I will be bringing you a combination of interviews and solo episodes with industry leaders in finance, entrepreneurship, and women in business. As a former certified financial planner turned financial coach and entrepreneur, I will be sharing my knowledge on how to have better conversations about money within your marriage, relationships, and family dynamics. I will also be teaching fundamental financial literacy about all of the topics that you wish you learned in school. This podcast will get you to think outside the box, create more abundance in your life, and improve your money mindset. So make sure to follow and tune in weekly, and it would mean the world to me if you shared these episodes with a friend and left me a five-star review. Hello, and welcome back for another episode of the Make That Money Honey podcast. Today has just been one of those days where I feel totally re-energized. I had a crazy week last week, and the time of this recording and the time of its release are not the same. So this was a week in February. And basically, I was an emotional wreck. And I ended up having a couple conversations that led to some really enlightening moments and I just thought I would share them. So firstly, one of my conversations with one of my girlfriends while I was going for a walk with my dog, we were both feeling super overwhelmed and just can't believe the cost of living these days. Like we hear about inflation and we hear about property prices increasing and the price of gas and all these things. And she was talking about how she read an article recently that for Canada, um, and, and obviously the US and other countries are different, but in Canada, the property real estate prices are insane. They are through the roof. And rental is becoming so competitive and so expensive that pretty much one bedroom apartments are now renting for like $2,800. And two bedroom apartments are renting for about four grand to four and a half. And that's for like a decent, but not great apartment. And if you're to buy that one bedroom, it's about 900,000. And if you're to buy that two bedroom, it's about 1.1 million. So we were talking about this and we were talking about how unaffordable it is to live these days and that so many people are forced to rent because in order for them to save a 10 or 20% down payment on a property that size, they literally have to save for like 10 years. And without parental support or an inheritance or something like that, because the cost of living has increased so much and inflation has gone up like crazy and property prices and everything, it's virtually impossible for people making under a hundred thousand to actually save money. And so we had this big discussion about it. And one of the things that she said was that she feels shame that she had to get a second job as a receptionist because she felt like she should be further ahead. And this concept has been coming up so often in my discussions with clients, with friends, with my peers, colleagues. And I just found it to be a topic that I really want to address because when we look at our life, we can 
easily compare ourselves to where we think we should be. And where we think we should be is based on our social circle. It's based on our parents and their experience with life and money, or it's based on how we see society and what society has told us in the past of what a normal life looks like, what age you should be having kids, what age you should be getting married and buying a house and white picket fence and all that stuff and being able to go on an annual holiday and all of these things, right? But the reality is, is that inflation and the cost of living have increased at a much higher rate than our salaries and our jobs. So it's making this lifestyle of where we think we should be becoming increasingly challenging to actually achieve. And we're never happy as a result. We could always be making more money. We could always be doing things faster or getting ahead faster or getting promoted or pay raises or whatever. But what is this concept of we should, we should be, we should have. And it's these false expectations of our own psychology that we place on ourselves, right? Like why should we be in that position? Because that's what our demographics have taught us because we feel like we are not good enough because we haven't bought a house at the age of 35 and we must be doing something wrong or we haven't found a partner that fits with our lifestyle and our values and our goals and, you know, on an emotional level, which again is a whole other conversation because finding a romantic partner these days in a life of, in a society of constant temptation, availability and accessibility, it becomes so easy to just dispose of somebody and replace them with somebody else. So even finding partners now has becoming increasingly difficult because dating apps, people could be dating three or four or five people at a time. And you know, that's a whole other tangent. So anyway, where I'm going with this cost of living thing and about feeling like we should be further along in our life, in our relationships, in our career, in our family is this fictitious destination it's not real. And we put so much pressure on ourselves to achieve more, do better, be constantly hustling, be constantly building when really some people just need to focus on surviving because the real fact is that the majority of people have unprecedented amounts of debt. They aren't sure how they would put food on the table if they lost their job and were unemployed for over a month and didn't have government support. So instead of focusing on what you don't have and where you're not at in your life, I encourage you to change the narrative and say, why am I telling myself that I should be in this place? Why am I putting pressure on myself to keep up with somebody who comes with, comes from a completely different background, upbringing, education, family, 
lifestyle. They have different values. They have different goals. There's absolutely no logic between comparing yourself to somebody that you know. Yet, you know, we do this all the time. And when you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Why am I comparing myself to somebody who doesn't even want the same things as me or isn't in the same place as me? Because your chapter one and somebody else's chapter nine are always going to be two different things. Now this comes with you know, our relationships with money, our careers, where we think we should be in terms of having children or everything really. And this comparison becomes absolutely debilitating because we just go into this place of procrastination and fear that we're running out of time to do all of these things. So we don't want to take a risk and try something new because if we fail, then we're going to be further back than if we just stayed in the same spot. And isn't that a crazy mentality to think, oh, if I try this thing new and it doesn't work out, then I'm right back to where I started and maybe even worse off because I won't have my current job. I might've left my job or something like that. And you go, so if I don't try it and I don't fail at it, then I'm in the same position as I am now. But if I try it and I fail, then I might be worse off. So I'm not going to try it as opposed to changing our thinking to what if I try it and it's massively successful? What if I try this thing and sure it might take time to build and it might take persistence and consistency and grit, which is a word that I really love the word grit because a lot of people don't have it anymore. And realizing that you have to put in so much energy into making a change that you procrastinate out of fear. But what you don't realize is that you're putting in the same, if not more energy to staying stuck and staying miserable and staying unhappy with where you're currently at. So where we look at this comparison, it should be really a comparison of, am I willing to take a risk and potentially it not working out or not waking at working out the way that I anticipated it, but in the process I learned and I got one step closer to creating my new reality or the comparison of or I stay comfortable and in the same place or in the same relationship as I am now. And I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I'm not satisfied, but I don't want to experience the pain or the embarrassment of trying something new and it potentially not working out. So the real question is, What's the pain of trying something new versus what's the pain of staying the same? And most people will sit and be complacent and be generally satisfied or at least comfortable with where they're at in life. But then there will be a few people out there who will just go, you know what? She's right. I am so sick of the pain and suffering of the current position that I'm in. So 
the pain of staying the same is more than the pain of trying something new. And that's when a transformation happens. When you realize that the pain of trying something new is less than the pain of staying where you're at. So when we look at our comparison to others and and where we want to be and where we think we should be, let's break it down on how to actually get to that place. Because by focusing on what everybody around you is doing is not going to get you there. (laughs) I tell you that with wholehearted honesty. So start breaking it down. And one of the things that I did for myself personally, just to give you an idea of uh, my own, my own actions in this particular area. So my goal this year is to hit 250,000 in revenue. And the month of January was a complete flunk, as you might have heard in my course uh, podcast the other day. It was like two grand. So instead of focusing on what I don't have in the month of February and what I'm not going to have in the month of March, I can start making a to-do list of all the things that I need to do in order to get myself into that position. How many clients do I need to work with? How many course sales do I need to have? What do I need to be charging for all of those things? How many conversations do I have to have with prospects in order to sign one new client and maybe there's an average one in five or whatever. I I haven't quite figured it out yet. And then it's also about, you know, new experiences. How many other people's courses do I need to be a guest speaker on? How many other podcasts do I want to be on? How many people do I want to find to be on my podcasts who are specialists in their area? And instead of focusing on the problem of I'm not making $250,000 yet, and we start focusing on the solution of what are the steps that I need to take to get there and then realize that you can't just write these steps out and imagine that they're just going to happen. You got to chip away at them. You got to build momentum. You've got to knock one thing off at a time from your list and slowly like a snowball, it's going to start compounding for you. And the only thing that is going to get you off track is by comparing your progress to somebody else. You are not on their journey and they are not on your journey. So focus on whatever it is that you need to do to organize your life and your time and your schedule so that you become more efficient with your time in income producing activities, in things that are going to improve your mental health, your physical well being, all of the things that are contributors to this magical place that you think you want to be in. So I encourage you to do some journaling after this episode. And if you made it this far, maybe you can go back and re listen to some of your favorite parts about this concept of taking off, you know, biting off one piece at a time and not getting overwhelmed by all the 50 million tasks that you have to do and feeling like you're never going to complete it, especially when it comes to paying things down like debt. Just focus on what you need to do on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis and just start there. Because if you look at the whole list and you look at the three-year plan and the five-year plan, it's going to become so 
overwhelming and debilitating with fear that you can't do it. It's never going to work. You might as well just keep suffering in the place that you're in. And then you go into this vicious cycle again. So this was something that has come up in like four conversations in the last week for me. And I hope you take this away and can go inwards, write down what it is that you want to improve in your life and what, you know, you think you should have done or whatever, and then start making yourself an actionable plan for your future. Thank you so much for listening guys. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode, please share it to your Instagram story and tag me at sandra.m.joe. I would be forever grateful if you left me a five-star review and sent it to a friend so that I can reach as many people as possible. For more information on my financial coaching and how we can work together, check out my website at sandrajoe.com. And until next time, have a great day and go make that money, honey.